Back here in the studio with you, Thraesis, past, present, and future, as we talk about what is going on with our community here in San Marcos, Texas, and uh, surrounding areas and ways that can affect you wherever you're listening at all across the country. And I've got uh, Kathy Laura, your host here with me in the studio. And uh, hey, Kathy. Hey, Rob, how are you? There we go. We're going to bring it on down there and bring you up and get everything readjusted here after uh, our musical guest in the studio. And so last week we, we doubled up, so it kind of made a little bit of a hole in our schedule. And uh, Sacred Springs Powhat, I didn't get a chance to get out, but boy, it was a beautiful weekend for them, you know? And coming off of uh, the... Uh, you know, they'd had two years off due to COVID and everything, you know, I, I just, I am so glad that they had just such a wonderful weekend here in uh, San Marcos. Well, I didn't get a chance to make it out either, but um, I want to thank a lot of my friends on Facebook who did post some of the videos and um, uh, Melissa uh, Real Rodriguez posted some really, really nice uh, videos that I got to see. and. Uh, of course, you know, I have a specific love for the Aztec dancers, and she posted some of those photos. Oh, and neat. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And But, you know, we'll put it on our calendar for next year, and, of course, we'll have the uh, people from the Indigenous Institute of Culture back out yeah. to come out and talk to us throughout, you know, throughout the rest of the year and the beginning of next year, too. And, yeah, but, uh, well, but you've been having some uh, time here with your uh, grandchild. You know. Well, my my great niece. Your great niece. Yeah. I'm sorry, not grandchild, but uh, I, I want a grandchild, but my kids just not not have. I, I was going to say I, that was the wrong thing, but yeah. it, but she she almost acts like it. I mean, she's she spends enough time with me, and yeah. um, unfortunately, you know, Mercedes was in town, and um, she wasn't having that, any of that. You know, she's yeah. like, no, I'm your baby. Oh, she so <laughs> a competition going. Yeah, here. the competition. But that's what happens when you come to visit your great, your great aunt. You know, we make things fun for the kids when yeah. they come over. And but yeah, but Mercedes is back, back in Corpus, and uh, Rosie is going to be spending some time with with her dad now. So I'm not going to see her for a couple of weeks. Yeah, which is good because it gives me time to do the things that I need to do. But it is fun, you know, that she's got that place to go and uh, to to be around the family and be around her tia you know and uh, you know well i find i find that age to to be a lot of fun too because you know they they say things you know without thinking they don't have a filter and so they're a lot of fun to, to be around and it is because it's that fun age that you're right it's just whatever they they like have those naps have those times mm-hmm. and just enjoy and but you can make so much of you know with the foods with the the just curling up and story time and things like that you can do so much with them well and you also see um how how they view you she came over uh, on one day and then i said you know you can't come over tomorrow and she was kind of like uh, why and so um i get a phone call from my niece and she's like oh do you want to hear something funny and i said what she said um rosie was really upset because she wasn't able to come come over to the house and i said really and uh, she said yeah she she didn't understand why she couldn't come because she said you didn't have a job <laughs> and so you know you should be able to take to, to watch her yeah. and so i was like what do you mean she doesn't think i have a job so yeah, I, she, I she saw thinks, that post. Yeah, that was she doesn't funny. think she doesn't think that I work. So yeah, and uh, you know, being having your family business, uh, <laughs> I, no, that does count as a job, folks. It's uh, you know, so it keeps you busy. Well, and you you kind of see too how uh, when Krista and Gilbert were here, how they talked about um, your your grandkids and your children. They grow up in the business, and so that's yeah. kind of what has happened with Mercedes. You know, when she was young, um, I used to drive 
her all over the place. And, you know, I'd go to San Antonio, and one of my friends said to me, gosh, you know, I remember when you used to come in here with her, and she was in a, in a car seat, and you'd bring her in, and, you'd, you, you know, you'd, you'd plop her on top of the, the counter here. And yeah. all the ladies would come out and play with her, and she's like, I can't believe she's 25 years old already. Yeah, it's it's amazing how, you know, they grow up with the business, you know, uh, and it it does. It's, But she'll have those memories, and she <laughs> knows, and it, it's, you know, all of that. I, I think that instills into them those ethics and those uh, standards, you know, that, that we have. And, you know, we talked about that last week with the, with the cleaners, mm-hmm. you know, and about growing up around the cleaners and being there and, and just, you know, business. You understand the business and you grow up around that. Or whether it is around your mom's uh, um, uh, hair salon, mm-hmm. you know, whichever it may be, as we've been talking in September about the Hispanic businesses. And, you know, when Gilbert was here, you know, I asked him that question about 18-year-old Gilbert and Gilbert that he is now. And, you know, you saw how he got choked up. And here we are. I, I know people say, I wish I would have had more time to spend, you know, with my parents or, um, you know, I, I feel like I didn't do enough. But, and those are the people that, that have outside jobs that don't work within the family business. But even for those of us that get to work with our with our parents, time doesn't seem like it's enough. You're, you're there every day, but the time that you have, e- even though you're there, it just doesn't seem like it was ever enough. Well, and it's, and part of it is you always think like you missed something or you didn't get to record it or you didn't get to keep it. And that's one of the main reasons for the show and for the radio station here is that we want to be able to record these things and have those there, you know, for the future. You know, so that we can go back and we've got the stories and that we can uh, give that opportunity to families. You know, so think about that, folks. You know, come on in, contact us here at the radio station. uh, And, uh, you know, go to our Facebook page, Riasis on uh, KZSM. And contact us because we, we really encourage, we want to get those stories while we can. You know, I think that's so important. Well, and as we've done the show, you know, for the the couple of guests that we've had, um, I'm finding that um, the connections from family to family are th- are there. You know, we talk about, uh, for instance, the Guatemo. You know, um, when we go back to the, you know, 18, I mean, 1940s, 1930s, you start to see this group of men that were very active here in town and and the things that they formed you know all all these um civic organizations that 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 were brought up by these men that were here and then you have these inter you know this these intermarriages and um when gloria was here um after we had a conversation about um uh she mentioned something about one of her mother's sisters being married or having a familial relationship with somebody by the last name of nedio and so I said, oh, I've seen that name before, but I couldn't remember. Now I've come to find it in, in one of these books that was written, and here's this family name. And so uh, these families are all intertwined and all connected and doing the best that they can for the Hispanic community, whether it's uh, you know um, getting a plot of land for people to have a place to bury themselves, you know, a cemetery or helping somebody with um, you know, fi- financial need. So um, I'm, I'm seeing these connections, too, as to where before maybe, yeah, I could say, yeah, I, I, kn- I know these people and I knew this, but now I'm seeing this whole other, other connection that maybe that I didn't see, you know, before. So this week you had an opportunity. Uh, there was uh, uh, going and taking folks around to the cemeteries down in San Antonio at the San Pedro. Well, no, right? that, that was here in San Marcos. Oh, in so, San Marcos. So, I'm sorry, the San So, Pedro. you know, you know, I have a, a, a propensity for genealogy. Mm-hmm. And um, every year the, in the state of Texas, the, there's a genealogy conference for the uh, large amount of Spanish-speaking people who, whose ancestors come from, from you know, the, the Porciones and in Mexico. And so... Um, this year, the conference was held in San Antonio, and I had made plans. I had wanted to go because 
in doing research, I had not done the research on my mother's family. Everything was on my dad's family, and I've been doing that side of the family for like 20 years already, because you know, you don't have time, and so it comes right. in bits and pieces. And so I started working on my dad's family, and so I kind of got a little stuck there, and then I started my mom's family. And, and my mother had always wanted me to do that, and I promised her I would, but then, you know, my mother got sick, and so I hadn't, I hadn't started. But now I know, and so um, my mother's family has taken me from Kyle in 1868 back to San Antonio in 1850. So, you know, there, there are little ways that you can, you can find these things. I thought, okay, well, that's great. The, the, the conference is going to be there. It's going to be held by the uh, Bejeranos there in San Antonio. I thought, you know, there'll be somebody there that can, can, you know, direct me. But I wasn't able to make it. And so um, in the, about four years ago, five years ago, at the conference in Austin, I met a, a, a group of people there that I became friends with. And uh, Mary Dudon, it was one of them. She lives in um, Arizona. And so she asked me there at the conference, she says, oh, I understand you're from San Marcos. And I said, yes. And she says, I have relatives that came from San Marcos. And I said, really? And so she goes on to tell me that her last name was Vargas. And so I said, oh, I know a lot of the Vargas family. I said, which ones are you from? She's like, well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know how long her family has been gone from this area, but um, last year she called me and she said, you know, can you go by the cemetery? This is where, they're, where they are. She says, maybe take some photos of the, the Varguses that are there. So I did, and I sent her a bunch of stuff. And she called me uh, this year and said, I'm coming down. She said, do you, do you want to meet with me? Are you planning on coming? And I said, I'll come if, if I can. I said, I'm planning on it, but I, but I don't know. But anyway, I'll meet with you. So she called me and she says, Adam and I are going to be driving from Austin into San Marcos. And I just met Adam. I, I did not know Adam, but, but um, he was going to drive Mary to, to San Marcos. So I met up with her and then we went down to the cemetery. And so um, we um, walked around and we did find several, several of her, her ancestors and we found her great her great-great-grandmother there. Mm, that's a good find. Yeah, and um, her, her name was Perez Vargas. So, and even in looking at that, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of the people that were there um, buried in the cemetery all are all related because you, you walk by and you see a lot of Perez's that are, that are, that are interned there and the, the Vargas's are there. And so a lot of her connections uh, were, were there. So I'm thinking a lot of them at that time bought bought plots and if I remember correctly um, when they did uh, establish that cemetery I believe you paid a dollar a dollar fifty to become a member and the uh, uh, one of the the uh, in their bylaws was that you had to come and you had to help to clean the mm -hmm. cemetery and so uh, yeah a dollar a dollar fifty and um, one of her ancestors that, that we looked, they had a wood, her, her great-great-grandmother, uh, there was a, an emblem on her tombstone, and it was Woodman of the World. Okay. And um, Adam says, um, oh, what, what is that? And I said, oh, it, it looks like it's a Woodman of the World. And he's like, well, what is that? So I had to explain to him, you know, who the Woodman of the World were. And so he was like, oh, so he had no clue. Uh, you know, he had never heard of the Woodmen of the World. Okay, and for, for those of you, I'll go into the Woodmen <laughs> of the World, was uh, back uh, up until about the early 1920s. And it was a society where you would pay in uh, and they would erect a uh, headstone. Mm -hmm. And usually if you go back into a lot of the older cemeteries around the turn of the century, uh, 1900, uh, 1890s to about 1920, you see these large, uh, they, they're either uh, emblems or uh, a lot of times they were very large tree trunks, you know, mm -hmm. that were there uh, made out of alabaster or whatever, you know, the, the stone was. Mm -hmm. And so it was a fraternal organization in a way uh, but what was interesting about that was both the Hispanic and the uh, Anglo uh, would uh, have access to this 
and I know there's a little cemetery uh, here just south of town going out towards uh, Fentress uh, that is the old Tuttle Cemetery. And what's interesting is you've got the Anglo side of things is all nicely kept. And you've got Woodmen of the World and these, and they, they were very large monuments a lot of times in a lot of the graves. And yet back off to the side on the other side of the fence is where all the woods have grown up around the Hispanic side of things. And you go back into these little woods back there and here is another Woodman of the World right there. You know, So Tuttle Cemetery is on 621, is that correct? Right, yeah, yeah going down towards Staples. Uh, Staples. I'm sorry, I said Fentress. It's back way into Fentress, but Staples <laughs> is where I meant to say. I'm sorry. And uh, interesting little cemetery. I, I love to just go into these around here. But the Woodman of the World is uh, uh, basically what ended up happening was when uh, the income tax uh, came out uh, in the uh, uh, no late, uh, you know, right about 1920, uh, that they wanted to try to get taxation on that, and the, the federal government basically ran them into the ground, uh, is, is it. So uh, the Woodmen of the World still survived uh, for uh, uh, doing uh, insurance. insurance. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a chapter still here there's in, in still, San Marcos, mm-hmm. yeah. There's still some around. Yeah, but but Mary's uh, uh, great-grandmother, grand, great her name was Victoria Perez Vargas, and um, she was born in 1871, mm. and uh, she passed in, in uh, 1938. Okay. And, you know, as I said, the, the Woodsmen of the World emblem is on there, but there's also a very, very nice photo of her, of her great-grandmother on the tombstone oh, neat. and so um, she also um, we also did find the uh, the headstone for her great-great-grandfather too his name was Manuel Vargas and a couple of, of uncles and so she she'd come with flowers and so we we're able to place the flower the flowers there and um, yeah it, it was a really really nice way to spend the day and but the funny thing about that is that when we got there Adam um, sees a gentleman out there and he's uh, wearing a military cap and Adam approaches him and he says, oh, excuse me, sir, are you on your way to the genealogy conference in, um, in, uh, in San Antonio? And he's like, no. And um, I looked at the gentleman and I said, excuse me, sir, I said, what's your name? And he, he, he said his name was Mr. Delgado. And I had just met Mr. Delgado at at uh, Frost Bank like the week oh. before because I stopped him and I said, you look really familiar. And so, you know, he, he knew my father and uh, we had a really nice conversation. Everybody knew your father, yes. <laughs> so, so here we are talking to Mr. Delgado. And um, another gentleman comes around and so um, he, we, you know, we make an introduction and it turns out that the gentleman that was there at the cemetery was Tino Villanueva. And somebody had sent me a text message like a week before saying, hey, you know, Tino's going to be coming to town. Maybe you can get with him and see if he's willing to come on the radio station. But I didn't have time to call him. Right. And here's Tino at, at, at the cemetery. And he's there with his wife. And so we have a really, really nice conversation. And <laughs> all, uh, all these folks meeting out at the cemetery. At the cemetery. Yeah. And Tino is an SWT alumni. And uh, he's a writer and a poet, and he's, he's a, a world-renowned. And a lot of the stuff that he did had to do with the Chicano movement back in the early 1970s. But he's from San Marcos. And so he says to me, oh, somebody's mentioned you to me. And I said, really? So I guess my friend that, that sent him uh, the email had told him. And so um, then he goes on to tell me that he had gone and had... Um, barbecue in Lockhart and that he had gone and eaten with Alex Silvetta and I was like oh my god he had gone to have lunch with my uncle Alex yeah so you see how you you think you live in this 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 big world and now here we have this uh, meeting you know the the I guess the planets are colliding and here we all are well, it also helps that you know who all these people are. You're aware. <laughs> and I think that's also an important thing is that so many times the families, oh, I know I got cousins. I know I got them out there. But you don't connect up with them. You don't go to the uh, family reunions. You don't, you know, There, that's part of it is that that networking that you have is deep, 
you know is deeply rooted or you, or you don't have an interest for it because i know my my father said to me one time um that um his mother had mentioned to him back i think like in the 1960s that uh, she had received an invitation to attend a family reunion back in south texas but my father said i had no interest in it you know he's like i i don't know anything about him i don't know those people i have work i have to work and so my father couldn't see taking time off from work to go out there and spend and, and spend with these people that he didn't know and so I think it depends on how on how you look at things. But it was really funny because my father wanted me to know everything. And so, you know, I look at that. And I was like, well, that's kind of like a little contradiction there, you know. But I, I think too, you know, I, and I run across that a lot when I talk about genealogy. A lot of people they just don't care or they don't have the time for it. But then here you go, five, ten years later, or fifteen years later, they're the ones that are calling you saying, hey, you know, I need some help or tell me or what do you know? And so. Yeah, you're the you're the person that, that they call, you know, to, to find out this information. But then I had a conversation with the Mr. Delgado that that was there and that I had met met here at Frost Bank, and so Mr. Delgado tells me that he has uh, also um, um, done some genealogy research, and he's got these books, and so I invite him to come on to the show. So hopefully he'll come on and we'll discuss Great. his 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 Delgado family and. Um, you know how far his research has taken him and he's a uh, I believe a military vet I think he was in the Navy if I'm not mistaken uh, in uh, Vietnam so I'm looking forward I, I hope he calls me okay and uh, the other gentleman uh, from uh, from SWT the, Tino uh, Tino uh, yeah. so is he gonna call in well he he um, <laughs> I is, mean you, you know yeah. I, I hope he's, got that. he's got a very busy uh, schedule for this year but he did say that he would be getting back with me, and he would love to come to the show. So okay, great. Yeah. I mean, you know, love to get him in here, but at least if we can get a call in, that'd be yeah. great. So so, so uh, but here here's the funny thing is that he was there with his wife, and so I started up a conversation with his wife, and so I asked her if she was also from San Marcos, and she said yes, and so she ended up telling me that that her maiden name was uh, Rios. And so then I said to her, I said, oh, I said, are you related to Mr. Rios who lived over up in Westover? And she says, he's my, he was my uncle. Oh, jeez, okay. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking about that last week. Last too. week, yeah. 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 So yeah. he lived up on Earl Street. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, I remember Mr. Rios fondly, you know, he, he and his wife. And I think sometimes, you know how when we were here and we talked to um, the Gomez, and I said to uh, Gilbert, you know, um, there are just things that you remember about certain people. And I remembered about how his father was always well-dressed. And this ring that he wore on this finger that I just remember. But, but uh, Mr. Rios was the same way because Mr. Rios was always wearing a um, coveralls. And but his color was blue. He always had on a blue set of coveralls that had a zipper in the front. And so it's funny how I associate or how I see people and how I remember them. But he was a, an extremely tall gentleman and he had um, curly hair. And he was just, you know, I can't say anything bad about him and his wife. Just super, super salt of the earth people. Well, and just all the different connections you can make from just going out to a cemetery and, uh, you know, it's in, in keeping those connections alive. So we're going to come on back, uh, take a station break, and when we come on back, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, a uh, local uh, Catholic church in uh, uh, the uh, uh, Guadalupe Chapel. In Guadalupe Chapel, and uh, what may be happening with that. And, uh, uh, here in the uh, and how it may affect the neighborhood. So we'll be right back with you. KZSM.org, True Community Radio. You're listening to Riasis. We'll be right back with you. And the uh, views expressed on this show are those of the hosts, the guests, not necessarily those of KZSM or SMTX Sierra. We'll be right back with you. No sé, dime. Es que, bueno, no sé cómo decirlo. A veces me siento perdida. Cuando tus niños no encuentren las palabras, ayúdalos a encontrar la canción. 
Escucha el álbum Sound It Out y obtén consejos y herramientas para empezar una conversación en escuchandosentimientos.org. Un mensaje de Ad Council y Pivotal Ventures. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor or SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. La familia Mendoza empezar el día oyendo esto es algo habitual. Por suerte, ir al bosque y terminar el día escuchando esto otro es posible. Ese respiro que tu familia necesita está a menos de 90 minutos. El Bosque, más cerca de lo que crees. Entra en descubreelbosque.org y descubre el bosque más cercano. Un mensaje del Servicio Forestal de los Estados Unidos y el Ad Council. Together, we build schools out of abandoned buildings. Together, we bring food to hungry children in need. Together, we see solutions instead of problems. We are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, community leaders in your neighborhood and around the globe, brought together to do one thing, make more good happen. Connect with us at rotary.org. Together, we are Rotary, and we are people of action. Okay, thanks a lot. Good night, all right? All right, good night now. And we're back with you here in the studio, kcsm.org, True Community Radio. Uh, Rob Burke with you and uh, Kathy Laura, your host for RIASIS. And uh, we, again, we, we kind of put all our eggs in one basket last week and we've got a gap here in our folks, but we've got a lot of good news and a lot of things that are going on here and we wanted to kind of share those with you tonight. Um, and uh, we were talking about the cemeteries and talking about the stories and keeping those going. Um, so the one thing we wanted to talk about was Guadalupe Chapel down in uh, Victory Gardens. Uh, has been there for many years and uh, it's uh, been kind of a, uh, a little bit of a, uh, a cornerstone, you know, for the community uh, for both a, a hall and for, I mean, I know we've had uh, meetings, and, meetings yeah. and you could vote there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just all sorts of stuff. At, at one time, too, is a, a, I think, a food distribution center mm -hmm. for the, I think, community action, maybe. Yeah. So, but yeah, but, but uh, they had a meeting this past Saturday, and I think word has come down. Uh, it, it, they have had uh, conversations before about the future of the church there. Um, and so I think once again there there's conversation about about what's what's going to happen there. Um, the um, I have a lot of um, nostalgia for the church because my mother and my father grew up in the neighborhood. Um, I spent a lot of time at that little church there. You know, I attended catechism classes there. Um, the uh, Fiesta was held there too. The Guadalupe Chapel had a fiesta just like St. John's, and so you know there was a lot of um, a cousins, a cousin that that was a fiesta queen there at Guadalupe. Um, but of course, you know, with change comes comes um, discussions that unfortunately you don't you don't want to have, and um, they they had con they had continued to um, have mass there. But as you know, um, the issue now is the parking. Um, there, there isn't a lot of parking. The neighborhood is starting to, to become a little bit gentrified. Um, the uh, people that used to attend 
master the elderly that you know a lot of them have already gone on they do have quite a bit of people that do attend to mass there but you know church too kind of is like a business you know yeah. they've, they've got you know insurance things that they have to pay for the building there's utilities uh, maintenance upkeep so i'm sure that as um the uh prices of things continue to escalate that's probably one of the factors that that's driving this too. Well, the other other factor too is that on in a general sense, youth are not going into the ch the religion and church, mm -hmm. and so a lot of the churches are dealing with uh, the elderly that you know as they're passing away are not getting replaced with the the new families. Uh, just uh, do not have that same dedication. Uh, to religion and churches that that too and I think too uh, I see a lot of um, people that that were born and raised Catholic also leaving the Catholic Church so I see a lot of uh, the non-denominational churches uh, getting a lot of the the Catholics that that are going there now and even those that that don't identify with you know with, with a, uh, a a religion like Catholicism or you know Baptist or Protestant going into the, these non-denominational churches so so there's that too but um, I think for myself you know I, I, I can say that I'm probably biased because I have an attachment to to the church um, but there are a lot of people there too that um, whose parents have given a lot of sweat equity to the church they spend a lot of time there uh, the same kind of people that we talk about, um, you know, uh, the Mr. Vasquez who lived on uh, Armstrong Street, Gabriel Vasquez. Um, he was another another person here in the community who did a lot. He he was uh, involved in the Cuatemo. And much like Mr. Gomez, you know, we talked about how the men of that time were dressed very much like that. Yeah. Always well-pressed, button-down shirt, uh, uh, dress slacks. And uh, of course, he gave a lot of his time uh, to Guadalupe Chapel, um, Daniel Gutierrez as well, um, Mr. and Mrs. Alonso, who lived on Armstrong Street, and uh, Deacon, Deacon uh, Lalo Duran and his wife, um, you know, were mainstays there at the church. You know, they practically, uh, you know, you can say you uh, live and breathe with that, you know, that that was them. You know, they were pretty much the cornerstone of the church there. So I think for a lot of the families like that, when you see something like this come up, it's it's very hard to fathom that a church that has been here, you know, may, may go away. So um, I I think that they are going to continue to have uh, some meetings, and I think that if you have um, a, a some input that you want to give, please do try to attend. If not, at least contact the diocese or somebody over at at St. John's and um, see what what it is that they are proposing. Once I find out, I may come back and do another show. And then we can see, um, you know, where we go from there. I particularly, if they don't wanna, wanna continue to have master, at least leave it as a community building for, for the neighborhood, you know, under, under, under the diocese. But of course, you know, that's really gonna be put in the hand of, of the right. diocese. And the building is getting older, mm -hmm. you know, and it is, but yeah, my fear is that is part of the neighborhood mm -hmm. and uh, you know we've lost you know the the small grocery stores we've lost we still have uh, uh monospec over there mm -hmm. for restaurant you know we still got a couple things around uh the area there but yet it has lost so much uh, and it is continuing, you know, that we've talked about the housing prices, we've talked about all the pressures. And so here when you have this older building that has been the hall that is there in the neighborhood, you know, uh, it's it, there. there's all these pressures mm -hmm. that are on that, that, you know, I just don't know whether they're going to be able to continue that to, to go. Yeah, know? and so and so I think that 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 makes it hard you know like like i said you know there, there's all, all all the different factors but you know we'll we'll see what happens you know we'll, we'll see what happens there so the uh yeah so uh, keep we'll keep an eye on that for you here uh, and talking about uh, the guadalupe yeah, chapel over in victory gardens uh, 
uh, over off of uh, is it off of Armstrong? It's it's well it's Armstrong Street is one street over, but it's Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yeah, uh, Roosevelt Street, and um, I can't remember the name of the street that that's yeah. on the other side, but it's Roosevelt. Yeah, street. it's it's right there where you get the mm-hmm. the, the five points mm-hmm. together and and whatnot. So uh, KZSM, we're here uh, talking with Kathy Laura on Riasis. And uh, thank you for tuning in today. And uh, for those of you across the state that are listening in, those of you over in Houston, those of you over down in San Antonio, thanks for tuning in this afternoon. And we've got uh, some more great shows are going to be coming up. We're going to be talking about some music. And we've got, um, uh, you know, talking about the history uh, in San Marcos and, uh, you know, talking about the past, present, and future. You know, what, where have we been, where are we at now, and where are we going? And that's what this conversation is about right now. Yeah, we, we have uh, still another interview that we're going to do with the Legacy Business uh, coming up. And then, of course, um, the Rodriguez's still want to come. They want to come and talk about uh, the Big Papa Club and the businesses that their father had. It, it seems like they're just having all, you know, they had COVID and yeah. they've got something else going on right now. But, but they are planning on coming on the show. Um, I, um, you know, Miss Delgadillo was here last week. She called me on um, Monday and said that Grace is wanting to come on the show. So we'll have Grace on the show and we'll talk about um, her job over at um, the high school with with the center there and uh, you know how you know she's working to get try to get these kids you know in, into college and helping them find scholarships yeah. and those kind of things and so um, I think she also mentioned um, that um, I I think she said that uh, Dr. Racina Reese is also in that office now so I think she heads up the um, the part where you go and you get funding for schools so the financial that financial part of that. Well, and uh, it was uh, Mrs. Del Del, uh, Del last weekend. Uh, uh, it was interesting. She was talking about tuning in here to KCSM and catching one of our shows on Sunday morning. And she said, uh, yeah, I heard it was some contemporary Christian music. It was our uh, Sunrise Soul Food. And uh, passed that back along to Carol that she really enjoyed listening to that. The point on that is that this is also getting folks aware of the station and getting folks to aware that we've got the microphones here we've got this hour that we've got every sunday night that uh, folks can tune in anywhere across the country we can uh, try to weave the stories we can bring back some of these stories we can get you thinking we can get uh, the working to build that community here through the station and that's one of the reasons that we do this and uh, I was just uh, I was glad that she shared that with me with listening in well you know and uh, I think sometimes too you know after the interview uh, is done uh, I sometimes go back and I think oh geez I wish you would have asked this question or sometimes the conversations just you know take a life on their own and they go someplace else but I I kind of regret now not asking this question and it was uh, about the two-way street because when she was living uh, there we had two-way streets so uh, Guadalupe Street and uh, LBJ were two ways and so I wish I would have asked her that question uh, about the two-way streets. And I remember we had this oh, a few years back where they wanted to go back and make it two-way streets again. And uh, there was a lot of pushback, uh, <laughs> you know, in the town about that. So, yeah, that would have been something interesting to bring up. We're going to take a quick station ID break. Uh, this is KCSM.org, True Community Ra- Radio. This is... Uh, Riasis here on uh, KCSM. You can catch us every Sunday night from 7 until 8 o'clock. We'll be right back after this uh, quick station and e-break. Meet Ingrid, fiery spirit, carrying grandma, proud trucker. I've logged more than 4 million miles in my truck. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. I was driving outside of Ohio when a gentleman stopped suddenly in front of me. But it takes my 80,000 pound truck 200 yards to stop. I'd given myself extra room, but it's not a chance worth taking. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Her voice can call up a ghost and soothe him to rest again, and she'll ease you out of the stress of your work week and right on into your weekend. She's got live and recorded music you want to hear, 
and interviews with people you want to meet. Tune in Fridays, 8 to 10 p.m. for Friday Night with Care, right here on KZSM.org, San Marcos's true community radio station. Tune in to Texas River Tonk every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. We play music from our favorite country artists and let you know how to catch them live. We'll also have musicians in studio talking about their work and playing on air. So come join the party with Texas River Tonk Fridays, noon to 2, on kzsm.org, True Community Radio. And hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, at Texas River Tonk. That's at TX River Tonk. Every Sunday afternoon from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. here on kzsm.org, Roots and Branches takes you down the highways, byways, side streets and back alleys of music. Join me, Tony Rawson, your hosting guide on this weekly journey through the wonderful world of music from Texas and beyond. All you have to do is log on and listen. It's just that easy. It is just that easy, but uh, regretfully, uh, we're all saddened here at the station for the loss of uh, Tony Wilson this last week, and uh, uh, what a life, what a gentleman. We're going to be celebrating that life here for 24 hours on this next Wednesday. Tune in. We're going to be having uh, Roots and Branches uh, running all day long, and then uh, folks are going to be able to come in and tell their stories about Tony, going to be able to send them in, uh, to email those in. So if you have any thoughts or uh, memories of Mr. Tony Wilson and uh, uh, his impact and legacy uh, here in San Marcos, even though he wasn't born here, but uh, he came here from England and uh, made quite an impact on so many people here in the San Marcos area. So uh, we'll be having that on this next Wednesday. And uh, just as a reminder, this is political... Well... Uh, the views expressed on this show are those of the hosts and the guests and not necessarily those of KCSM uh, or SMTXCRA. So we had the governor's debate, and, you know, you wanted to talk a little bit about that. I did. So, But first I, I want to uh, say, you know, we have a holiday coming up in November, which is Veterans Day. Um, you know, we uh, in our family are a very patriotic family. Uh, you know, we've got uh, men in our family in the military all the way from uh, the Korean War all the way, or not Korean War, but um, Vietnam War all the way up to, you know, Kingdom Come. Um, but we have these men starting from the inception of the American Revolution. Um, that have um, come and fought in these wars, and women too now, uh, and many of them have not been able to come home. They've given everything that they've had and left it on the the battlefield. So, you know, in our Constitution that we have, we have all these rights that are granted to us. And um, I've always taken it very personal. I try to vote in every election that I have because I understand the sacrifice that has been made. uh, by so many people, but at at the same token, you're also granted that right to not exercise your right to vote but uh it's my hope that if if you can vote go go vote um and and, and know what you're voting for know what you're yes. voting for that's yeah, that's, the, that's the other side that that's that's the next thing that i, that I was going to say is that you have to understand the the, th- the initiatives that are on the ballot you know all the way from the the top the top down you know from the presidential election all the way to the things that impact you in your hometown so um, you need to get out there and uh, make sure that you understand the things that are on the ballot. And um, a lot of times we vote for the things that are in our own best interest, and sometimes we don't think about what's right for everybody as a whole. So think about those things, too. But we had just had this gubernatorial debate on um, Friday evening. Friday night. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in, in, in watching the debate, you know, I, you know, I see all the things that, that are front and center the things that were discussed so um of course the grid you know got got a lot of play time and um i guess for those of us that are we aren't really used to the to the to the cold weather that kind of was an impactful thing for a lot of people here in the state especially for us that live here because that that was not something that i had been through I, you know i i've never lived in a place where we've had cold weather so that i can say oh this is right. what it's and like and as many cold days as we as did we you know we're used to it 
getting cold and maybe overnight and you know maybe one day of freeze not three or four days in a row that it's under freezing you right. know and that was the problem and so and so we did see how it did impact a lot of people there were some people that 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 lost their lives because of this and i think that you know you know kind of we live in a country of have and have nots and if um you don't don't have the availability to go out and buy gas or have the availability to have a generator so you know those those are the things that that separate people from being able to survive comfortably and then and then do this miserably right so you know so those are those things so you know that that the the grid deal was uh, very high on on their list of things that they talked about um uvalde you know of course we have this thing that 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 happened in uvalde just a just a horrific um the school shooting. school shooting that happened there and of course the issue is gun control so that that was another topic um the you know open doors policies and immigration um once again has made it to the forefront immigration i think has been an issue here in texas and a lot of the border countries for a very long time um you you heard them putting blame I mean, everybody gets to blame for the immigration problem but i look at it like this we had uh, Krista who was here and she was talking about the border that was built in Arizona uh, during the, um, the two Nogales um, uh, little incident that happened there. But that was almost 100 years ago and here we are still talking about immigration. And um, you see how polarizing it is that even though we've had, we've known it's been an issue that it's still an issue and nothing's getting solved for our immigration issue is concerned so you know immigration again made it up you know uh, was a topic of conversation uh, and i can say it was a very heated heated conversation that they had um so there was the immigration deal and of course the women's right to choose was was on there and we all know that um you know at the supreme court that roe versus wade was overturned um, I can't speak for women. You know, we all have the choices that we're going to make, and now we have this deal now where, you know, the Supreme Court has said what it has said. So the woman's right to choose. Uh, of course, I think in Texas we have the, you know, each state has uh, a right. propensity it, it to be able to It comes back to the, the states. states to decide mm -hmm. is basically where the Supreme Court put that. So, you know, that that's a big topic. Uh, and then, of course, property tax, property tax reform. Oh, jeez. You know, you know, was was another deal that 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 was on the topic. And I, I don't know how do you reform, how do you reform property taxes? You know, and I've had this conversation with Sam about, you know, about how how in a country where um, we we fought against taxation, how we ended up back in this taxation issue. Right. And of course, you know, the um, it was mentioned that they didn't vote to um i guess it's not at at the governor's a uh, level to say what taxes get imposed or what taxes don't get imposed when it comes to property taxes because those fall you know at your at your local um at, at your local level right but um you hear a lot of even our local politicians talk about oh well we didn't raise any taxes but the the thing is that yeah you may not raise any taxes but the property value keeps going up right and the property value depends on the budgets you know i mean you know if, if you're if you're here's the city and you've got all these employees and these are all the things that you have to pay you've got a budget and where does a large part of your budget come from same way for the county you know uh, same way for um, the school district same way for the city so you know here in san marcus we're growing we see all these homes that are being built but there's no property tax no property tax relief for us and everything keeps going up and they tell you well you know we didn't raise property taxes no but you know mm -hmm. we, we have all this other stuff and so you know i don't i don't know how do you, how do you solve that because they need money to run well it comes back to it's the legislature that's mm -hmm. going to have to decide this and there's a couple things there's the uh, robin hood uh law uh uh, that's been passed that basically uh, to equalize the school districts that's one of the big ones out there uh, but you also have uh, a general freeze on the property taxes and uh, Texas does not have a state income tax uh, 
So generally everything has to come through the property taxes for the ways to raise that. And so you still have a lot of the high growth areas versus the rural areas. It's a big issue within Texas. So uh, from a governor's level where that does come down to is that they do kind of set its the one that really is the its lieutenant governor has more power than the governor does when it comes to a lot of the legislation with regards to that but it's still the bully pulpit it's still the you know the governor sets those uh what the priorities are and they do that within their uh, within the uh political parties so i'm not going to get too much into it because we only got a couple more minutes left here but i i think the the, the point here is get informed find out you know it is important to know you know what who you're voting for and who's on the ballot mm -hmm. and to ask the questions of your state uh, representatives of your state you know these are some questions to ask of your state senator of your state uh, representative representatives. of your mayor of your yeah. city council of the people sitting over at you know the county judge and all the commissioners the commissioners yeah. court and I think, um, so we know that um, for the mayor, uh, of course, Jane Houston is her current mayor, and she does have a challenger, and that's John Tomites. John Tomites. Mm -hmm. And then um, Max. So Maxfield Max Baker, and Maxfield is against uh, Matthew M Mendoza. Uh -huh. And then you've got uh, Saul Gonzalez, and Arndt, uh, it it, it's uh, um, Adam uh, Van Arndt. Uh -huh. Okay, and uh, I've had uh, Adam, I've had uh, three of them on. Saul has not gotten back with me about coming on for uh, We the People on Friday night. So I don't know. I've uh, opened it up, and I don't know whether I'll get a chance to get the mayors on. Mm -hmm. I have had... Uh, I've uh, been trying to get the uh, county judge. I have had Ruben Becerra and then, and has Ruben, been on. Ruben uh, has a challenger, and that's uh, uh, Mark Jones. Mark Jones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I have been trying to get Mark to, to come on and uh, on the station. So we've still got a little bit of time, but uh, the uh, registration uh, ends this week uh, for uh, uh, voter registration. Okay, mm -hmm. so it is this this next couple days, and then uh, early voting is starting in two weeks. So uh, it's right around the it's corner. It's right around the corner. Yeah. So uh, be informed and and be out there. Also, did the um, League of Women Voters do they have their um, yes go to uh, vote 411 uh, for the League of Women Voters and also um, get in touch with the county uh, elections and they are looking for people to run the polls okay so you can uh, get trained not gonna pay you a lot but it's uh, it's still some money and uh, uh, you can go out there and uh, work the polls and uh, learn about, uh, you know, be in the precinct and, and know the people that are coming and learn about the issues and learn about how these things work. So I encourage you to, if you've got the time, and uh, get involved and, and be part of that process. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, Kathy, we're just about out of time here. We're going to be back with you next week. Do we have it locked down for next week's show yet, or are we still? Kind I'm, of I'm waiting here? on. I'm waiting on a call. So, oh, okay. but but we've got a Rod, Rodney's going to be coming on the show, and we've got a really really good program uh, with the accordion. Okay. And we're going to talk about uh, you know the you the guys German, know the German came German in and the influence of the accordion into the uh, into the Norteño and the conjunto music here in the state of Texas, the Tex-Mex music. All right, so uh, that'll be coming up. You've been listening to uh, Riasis here on KZSM.org. Thank you very much. And we've got uh, coming up here, we've got encores for the uh, 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 radio theater and uh, going to be coming up next. KZSM.org, thank you very much for listening in, and uh, you all have a good week. Get out there and get involved, and uh, we'll be back with you next week.